Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Hello, neighbors. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. This is just another day in the neighborhood of Paranoid American. Even if you take the American out of me, I'll always be paranoid. I don't care. And uh, one of the best parts about living in this little Paranoid American neighborhood is meeting lots of new friends. And on the way over here this morning, boys and girls, I met a new friend. His name is Jay Dreamers. And actually, you might already know him. You already might know Jay Dreamers because... He's big news. He's big time. He's got a, an awesome, dope channel. And uh, I want to just introduce him and let him introduce himself. So, Jay, let people know where to find you. We'll do plugs up front, and then we'll get into it. You're, you're uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, uh, snap. Muted. Okay. So, all right. Thank <laughs> you. I said I love the intro so much. So, I'm Jay Dreamers. Good to meet everybody. Um Basically, I've got a. I'm an author, and I published. Uh, I'm publishing a series. Published my first book called Ancient Oblivion: The Plasma Apocalypse. Pretty much all of the cliff's notes on all of my research up until the time I I wrote the book about the plasma apocalypse. Um, and then right now I'm working on another book, the sequel to that, uh, the second one in the series, and that's going to be all about this hidden island at the North Pole in the middle of the world and how it relates to uh, the Garden of Eden and Hyperborea and stuff. And I've got a sweet website. It's super fun that I like working on. 
it's jdreamers.com. And it's basically like fun visuals and audio for, you know, like interactive stuff for, for people to like, you know, have a little teaching, but also have plenty of stuff to look at and to like be able to use, uh, you know, their imagination for examples on the screen and stuff. And then, uh, and I'm a YouTuber too. I'm, I'm like, a esoteric guide. I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't like to say teachers, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm weird about those kind of words and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel where I do various segments like, uh, the plasma apocalypse and then a plasma apocalypse 101, you know, some beginner courses and stuff. Uh, I do a sweet one called omens, which is taking all the news stories of all the weird stuff happening in the world and like interpreting it as an omen and, and, you know, putting all of them together collectively to sort of gauge how close that apocalyptic event might be. Uh, Truth in Movies, which is uh, very similar to like the, uh, what do you guys call yours? This uh, Cinema Saturday? Uh, Conspiracy Cinema Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. And uh, Ancient's Oblivion, also another uh, little topic that I do all about like hidden history and all the stuff that happened that's pre- um, you know, back before uh, recorded history and even during recorded history, just alternative versions and explanations as to like um, the anomalies of history, basically. I don't know. Well, that might, might have more than that. I can't remember though. <laughs> what, what was the name of, of your book again? The first book? Oh, uh, the first one's called Ancient Oblivion, The Plasma Apocalypse. So the whole series so, is Ancient Oblivion. Uh, so I just have to ask them because you're actually like, one of the the more positive, easygoing, sort of like I don't know, um, enthusiastic people I know. So <laughs> like when the book title is like Ancient Apocalypse, oh, right. Oblivion, you know right. what I mean? It, it sounds very doom and gloomy, and I don't, yeah. I never get the doom and gloom vibe from you. So like, right? Uh, how do you avoid sp- specifically the types of stuff that we get interested in and like yeah. the conspiracy angle? How do you avoid just turning into like a black pilled doomer? Man, that's a good one. So check this out. One one of the things that helped me on my little journey was when I probably a couple of years after I started doing YouTube, you know, like, I, I mean, I started that to just record my own research for my son and pass it on. Like, so I don't have to write it all down, you know, like I want to just have videos saved and he could go watch. Kids aren't going to read and write in the future. Nah, yeah, they don't know how to do that. They're just going <laughs> to watch a TikTok like, dance and get everything they need from that. Yeah, there's no emojis to explain this to me. What's going on? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like, um, I don't know, maybe like right when it started to really get popular, I was struggling with like, um, you know, like there was enough of the population coming towards my channel that I was getting trolls and all kinds of people saying just spouting off at the side of their mouth, any old weird stuff. And I was taking every single thing personally, dude. Like I, you should have seen me on the other side of the computer. Like, I'm just like astonished that someone would even say some stuff that I read, <laughs> you know, like I... Like that, wow! I, you know what I mean. Like I'm thinking about their upbringing, their parents, and their social norms, and the world as a whole, and it was all weighing down on me. And then I like, and then I heard uh, a lot of them were kind of directed at the the question of the apocalypse and 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 why it's so, you know, people were leaving comments like, "Oh, doom and gloom. This is doom and gloom." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, man, like, if the world's going to come to an end in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to be happy when that happens. I don't want to be scared to death and always anxious and, you know, whatever. Um, so I started this own little series of self-talk for myself, um, dedicated to like positive stuff. Like, hey, let's talk about all this crazy stuff that's happening in the world. 
but there, I, I know I, it's, it's, it's my own like, you know, motto or whatever that there's always good news every single time. There's, there's always a balance to everything. And I was very tempted at that point in time to, to ignore the good news and to keep on focusing on the bad. And I didn't like that at all. So I did something to like force myself to start speaking positively. And so it was a segment I did called, um, the Sylvan linings and the Sylvan linings. We would talk about like, you know, it could be, I don't know, uh, it could be something that sounds negative. Like the topic would be uh, worldwide depopulation or whatever. And I'm like, here's why it's good. <laughs> yeah. Here's let's, let's look at the good side. If let's just say that happened, you know, let's talk about like how, what are some things that we would experience that would be good about it? Or maybe it's just good that we're, that we know about these things and other people don't. And I, I wish you feel thankful, you know, be, be filled with Thanksgiving that man, like I'm not like other people and they're not like me which means I'm unique because they represent, or, you know, like just trying to find all the, all the positive things to be happy about. And I forced myself to do it. You know, like just many times I didn't want to, I was in a bad mood or whatever. So I started doing some other stuff. I started making myself laugh live. I'm just like, okay, if you guys want to laugh with me, I don't really want to laugh right now, but I'm just going to do the dumbest forced laugh ever. <laughs> and we're just all going to just bust up and it's going to sound terrible, but let's do it. And then I did it and everyone in the chat was doing it too. And, uh, and I came to find that, you know, like I, it would make me laugh truly because I was so dumb sounding and so ridiculous to just force myself to just sound like the Joker or some maniac or something, you know, and I was making me actually truly smile and laugh and feel better. And then stuff like that just kind of helped me, you know, employing little tools like that helped me, um, to not live in, in the fear part of it. You know what I mean? Like not to be afraid and, and to realize that all that fear and stuff just comes from a lack of experience and knowledge. So how do we remedy that? Let's get some experience. Let's study and research. Let's share the knowledge with people. And it's up to each individual, you know, like, and that's the other thing too, is like people planting their flags all over the place. You know what I mean? Like people taking sides and like, this is my truth. And anyone not in this circle, F all of you, you know, like no matter what it is, it, and it could be the whole truth or mentality, or it could be religion. It could be anything. And so I wanted to back away from all that too. Like as my channel is getting popular, people are like, Oh bro, you're right about everything. Blah, 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 blah. And you know, or I'm like, uh, thank you. I'm not though. Like, I'm just, I'm just sharing my perception of everything, you know? Damn. He was right about that too. He's so, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah right. Anyways, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of just going on and I, I totally forgot what you even asked me. Well, no, I was, I oh, was being positive. Asking about, yeah, how to avoid the doom and gloom. And a lot right. of what you were describing sounds to, like a million different names for it, but it sounds to me like reframing. Have you ever heard of NLP before? You ever gotten into NLP? I, I talk about it all the time on my channel just because it's, it's one thing in my toolkit. But man, I, I really think that you in particular would find it really helpful it's kind of like a salesman thing at this point, if you were to look it up. But NLP started in like the 70s or so. And it's kind of a way to like either hypnotize yourself, hypnotize other people. Um, but like an example of reframing that I used to do to myself too. Because I, because when I worked at Disney and I'd have to drive in and it would just be in traffic with like, you know, idiots for like two hours getting in and out of work. And yeah. they've never been there before. So they don't know where they're going and they're excited and they uh -huh. want to stop and take pictures. And and I was le legitimately getting to a part where I'd get to work and like I'd be white knuckling because I was just so irritated from, you know, the stop and the go. Yeah, and, right. 
And uh, at a certain point, I, I same kind of like as you was like, I need to do something about this. I'm going to try something different. So I started convincing myself when I was driving to work that I was actually on my way to like a family reunion. And if that asshole that just cut me off, like that's grandpa and right. like the lady that's going too slow in front of me. Maybe that's like my aunt so-and-so. So right, it's like yeah. I wasn't getting mad at them. It would just be like, oh, grandpa. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's irritating, but I'm not mad about it. It's just like that's how that's how right. this family is. And I would just tell myself once I get there, you know, I'll, I'll hang out and I'll, I'll laugh about how they were driving. Um, and obviously that part wasn't true, but you can put yourself into yeah. that mind state. It's and that's, that's what I would call reframing where it's right. like you convince yourself to look at something different. Yeah. And you know that you're doing it, but it's such a, a powerful thing because it yeah. changes your mood. And if you, if you yeah, change yeah. your mood, you change your day. Then you, you conserve your energy for something that you could take all that in reserve and, you know, do better on something. Yeah, else. I got something I need to be mad about later. I'm right. going to save all of that yeah. and be real I, mad. <laughs> I do that too sometimes. Uh, like I'll pretend that that person has like a pregnant wife in the back seat who's about to give birth or something. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. I'm like, oh man, like I had. That's why you just cut me off. Instead of like <laughs> yeah, like I, traffic. I get it. I get it. You know? <laughs> or turn it into a game. Like how many people can I forgive on the way home? <laughs> like, like the Pope. Like let's see if I could beat the Pope's number. What's what's the Pope's score today? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> turn every. There's something like Alan Wattsy about like just turning everything <laughs> into a game, man. And and to me, the powerful part of that is that the the people that you're involving in this have no idea you know that guy doesn't know that you're you're reframing and playing this thing right. so it really is just for you um yeah. so that like there's you know, there's no putting on an air there's no being embarrassed about it it's just like changing your reality as you i mean i'm not a very woo woo person but i really do think that once you get into that area of like I was angry and my heart you know like my blood pressure was up and my heart rate might have been up and just by saying you know, the person in front of me has a pregnant wife in the back. If that can change like your, your actual physiological response to your yeah. environment around you there, I mean, yeah. there's drugs that they still don't have that can, that can act that quickly with that much efficiency and that much right. control. So yeah. it's, it's powerful, man. And it's a, uh, I learned that also like, or that type of a thing from this fantasy book series, the sort of truth. Are you familiar with that one? Sounds familiar, but not explain Goodkind. it. Uh, so it's author Terry Goodkind wrote the sort of truth. It's a whole series. And um, in every book, it's like one of those thick fantasy books. You know what I mean? They and all are. Yeah. <laughs> every single book uh, has you, the reader learns one of the wizard's rules. I think there's like 12 or 13 or something. Right. And the first one they have, like the first book is called the wizard's first rule. And um, in that book series, one of the main characters, he's this truth seeker that doesn't really want to be, he just wants to be a, you know, live in the cabin in the woods and have his own little, life or whatever but he's thrust into all these situations where he has to you know he's a truth seeker so he has to like be a part of everything or whatever so later down the line he gets captured and tortured uh by these magic chicks they put like this ring on them that makes them subservient to them or whatever and they just torture the heck out of him so the thing that he learns as a wizard during his like I don't even know how months of torture and they did go, they go into great detail and then they'll heal him up and stuff, you know, and treat him real nice and they'll torture the heck out of him again. He had to something learn. Like, to, like, this is like something Alistair Crowley would be into. Yeah. So he, he had to learn to what he called partition his mind and to like set up a little like room in his mind where while he's being tortured, he would go into that, that place and he would basically be meditating and, allow his his body to go through something but he's like on vacation in his mind you know what i mean 
So he's yeah, just dude, you're you're describing monarch programming right now. <laughs> right. Dude, well, I mean, there's yeah, that's there's truth to that. Like, I mean, people might use it for nefarious reasons as well, right? To try to like totally like you know, like turn someone into a killer or some some stuff. But we can use that too. An individual can use that for their own benefit, you know, in certain situations, depending on what it is. So this is, uh, I guess, related to this. I know I just brought up NLP. So let's just say that, like, um, I'll, I'll give you another example of, of an NLP technique. And it's like some people do this naturally and they don't have to know that it has a name. And it's not like NLP invented it. NLP just kind of defined it and said, here's a thing that you can do. Um, but there's something called like anchoring. Uh, and like an ex- a really good example of anchoring is someone might come up to you and like tap you on the shoulder as they're talking to you. Or like when you're in a good mood, they might like touch the side of your arm or something like, hey, how's it going? You know, it's like a friendly like that. Mm-hmm. And and that like kinesthetic feeling that can almost be like an anchor so that every time you see that person, they tap you on the arm. It's like, OK, everything's good. So that if they came up one time and didn't do it, it almost feel like something's off and you might yeah, not realize it. Right. You might not be like, oh, every time I see them, they touch me on the arm. That might be totally subconscious, but it like develops this pattern. Another mm. really basic example of um, an anchor is an olfactory anchor or a scent anchor. And I think that scent links people's memories harder than any other um, sense that we have. So like someone walks by and it's like your grandma's perfume as you were growing up, or it's like this like candy that you haven't had since you were like four or five. Right. But just immediately you're transported right back to that spot. Right. So you can do that yourself the same way that if you've got like um, frankincense and myrrh, good example, a lot of people would only smell that when they went to church because it was such an exotic fragrance Right. you'd never smell before so like like now you can just order on amazon or you can you know like it's not a big right. deal but back then if you only smelt it on very special occasions it would be like you'd walk into church and your your nose would tell you there's something special happening today right. even yeah. if you had no idea what the hell that was so that's a very powerful form of anchoring um but you can kind of do like these little anchoring things yourself so anyways the, to get to the point is that Let's say that you understand that concept about frankincense and that when someone walks into like, you know, your church, J Dreamers <laughs> opens up a church and you burn the frankincense. And when people walk in, they're kind of transported to this like other realm. Do you do you see that as nefarious? If you know me burning frankincense puts this person into a more susceptible state or something. Does that make it like, oh, you're manipulating uh, that person because you, you're you doing something right. that has like an effect? Maybe if you're on the offensive, but if I would say if they're coming to your house, then that's sort of, you know, that's the, going to be their experience and they'll have whatever connections if they're coming your way. But if you go out of your way to continuously try to like, you know, tap people and you're like, you know, your agenda is like, whether you know it or not, your agenda is like, I'm going to hypnotize this person. There's a whole movie that just came out all about this. It's all it's hypnotic or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks I, good. I, I haven't that. seen it. It's okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a I'm a snob sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like the concepts. I like I like the idea. You know what I mean? The like, idea. I'll say the idea was better than the movie in my opinion, but whatever. Well, because it shares like all those different truths about um, you know, people uh, how how we become hypnotized and we hypnotize ourselves truly by just getting into routine experiences, 
you know, like passing by the same color sets every day on the road or, you know, like our, our little habits that we have whenever we're starting the day or ending it or whatever. Um, but like back to the being happy thing, you know, um, another thing that I really stopped doing, especially whenever like I was researching like the hollow earth and stuff and that was, I learned like so much, I was kind of tired of it. And then the flat earth people kind of were like, oh, this is crazy too. And I'm like, wow. So I started researching all that. And then that's whenever I had the, uh, the most tro trolls, you know, like people so opposed to that idea that it, it, and I wanted to look more into it because all these people are so angry about it. I'm like, why would you be angry if it's just, there's nothing to it? It's like being angry about, uh, a bedtime story or something like well, or Santa so I've, Claus I've got or, a theory on this. I think I, I mean, I don't know the ultimate answer, but one of the reasons why people get angry about flat earth in particular is because the premise of flat earth is that everything you've ever learned is a lie. And it's not that like just everything from second grade to like seventh grade. It's like literally everything you have ever learned right. is a lie. The people that you thought existed never existed. The times that they said that they were alive. Maybe that's all out the window. And I think that there's, there's something that's more appealing to like, um, like a conspiracy where they slip the falsities in with the truths, but the truth is still there. So it gives you a little bit of basis, yeah. but the flat earth thing, it like takes the safety net away. It takes everything away. Right. It's like you're Neo in the matrix and like, you know, there, there's worms floating around outside and stuff. Like, yeah. I think that there's some people that they just can't let themselves they don't let want go it. of every yeah. structure. Yeah. Honestly, like I might fall into that category too a little bit where it's like, I can, I can definitely agree that I was taught lies in school and that we never got the whole, you know, story. And that if you just look at any school book every 10 years, they change. So it's like they were wrong at some point, right? Like if you, if you gave the yeah. same answer I was taught on a school today, I'd probably fail because like the facts aren't the same, but right. that doesn't mean that like, to me, to me, it doesn't mean every single thing that's ever come out of a teacher's mouth has always been no, a lie. Right. Totally um, not. But it's, it's easy to see how some people will get either into like, everything's a lie. If my right. teacher said it, oh, it had yeah. to be a lie. The state has never said anything true. Right. See, that's, that's, I feel like that's, that goes back to like our upbringing academically, even academics, they're, they're very, um, empirical they're like what is the answer mark yes or no on this or you know what i mean like on the test you have to agree with all of what they're saying or you'll get a bad grade you know what i mean there's no there's no room for you know not debate i want to talk about debates too but there's no room for philosophy when you're in the middle of taking your test you know what I mean? Or well, alternative worse, ideas or whatever. Now even if you get the right answer, that might not be enough. Now you have to like think the same way and get to the answer yeah. the way, exactly the way that they tell you to get to the answer. Right. Totally. And then, so like, as a part of that, I had all these people that wanted to like debate me or whatever, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and I, I used to do that a lot. I used to love it. I, to me, it was like sports and, you know, I like chess and stuff like that. So like I, I love, I'm like, go ahead, make your move. What do you, what do you got? You know, and I'm going to, and all this stuff. But then like after so many times arguing and debating with people or even just explaining things, because I used to like just respond to comments that were clearly people that had opposing viewpoints trying to argue or trying to explain why I'm wrong. I should just shut my whole life down and my channel and my website and just turn it all off and just go get a job at, you know, 
the warehouse or whatever. I don't know. Are they um, hiring? Probably. I feel like everyone is these days. There's like all these signs everywhere. Uh, but I just stopped. I just decided to like not debate any longer, you know? And then, um, and then like early on in, in the chat, when I started getting certain people in the chat, my heart did not allow me to like block people or whatever from my channel and stuff. Like I felt like that was rude of me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but after a while I started to just, I started to kick out all the people who were clearly being rude or, you know, stuff like that. And, and then after a while I learned that there are some people who might not be rude, but they're, their whole purpose is they want to argue. They very much like that. And then I started listening to other people debate and stuff. I'm like, dude, there's never a winner ever. There's, there's never a winner. People already, people already side with whatever side matches their personal perspectives. You know, there's never a winner. And then I started thinking about the Bible, how it says love believes all things. And I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't know. Like how many people are like, man, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm a hundred percent wrong on all of this. I'm going to purposefully just go lie to everybody and tell them this and that. I'm not saying there aren't people like that, but I, I think in general, it seems to me that even the people who have weird perspectives and beliefs and ideas and stuff, many of them truly genuinely, you know, that's where they are. That's what they feel like or whatever. I, there's no need for me to argue and try to like yank them from that spot on their path to my spot on my path, wherever I am, you know, and if they're too far away, what good is talking? Cause you know, you can't hear me. Like <laughs> I can't hear you. You can't hear me. There's too much distance between us. So I started just doing a new concept, which was building bridges. Like if people are close enough, I, we can build a bridge to one another. Like I'm on an Island and they're on an Island and, um, I can build a bridge out uh, a, a bit their way. You know what I mean? Or like, or like come over to their island and, 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 and like kind of build a bridge in my direction or whatever, using things that they already agree with or are familiar with so that they can see how I made the connection. Not so that they can make the connection themselves, but just so, so how they could put themselves in my shoes for a moment and go, I see how he, I see where he's coming from. You know what I mean? Not that I'm trying to like convince them of anything or make them see it my way. I just want them to see the picture I took, you know? This is like how the uh, Roman Catholic Church assimilated all the pagans, right? It was like, instead of fighting or saying you're wrong, we're just like, hey, your God, our God, they're kind of like, you know, they'd be home <laughs> hang out. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have a holiday right around the same exact time, you know? Let's just make it a week. <laughs> yeah, <Let's dude>. just... <laughs> Who's up for a four-day weekend, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you ever debate academically or was this something that you started doing like once you had a channel and, and some thoughts? Oh, stuff? Way before that. It was mostly whenever I was, I mean, like it's, it kind of started when I was in, um, when I was in academics and I was interested in Jeopardy and stuff. To me, Jeopardy was sort of like debates. I like to watch the presidential debates anytime people are doing all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, when I was a kid, I don't, I hate that now, but, um, um, when I got into Christianity, the most is probably when I really was interested in like debating people. Cause I oh, realized <laughs> I was soaking it all in all the stuff that I was being taught up on the pulpit or whatever. Um, I was soaking it all in. I thought I was learning so much and like, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm skyrocketing all these people over here. They think this and they think that, you know, and then on top of that, they're telling me to go out. And to like convert and make, you know, make connections and go preach the news and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, oh man, I'm going to get all of them, you know? And, and there was people that had alternative ideas and perspectives on things and stuff. So that was, and, and then 
like whenever I would go to like different Bible studies and stuff, like some people would teach things that I'm just like, I can't believe you just told everyone that, <laughs> like, you know, like it's, it's to me, I would hear somebody say something that is like either not likely or totally their perspective on it. And there's, it seems like there might be other ones, you know? So I would raise my hand and I'd be like, Hey, but you know, like, for example, I went to one where it was all, um, I think it was a, a Protestant Bible study, right? And at the time I was studying Messianic Judaism. And so I was more in that mindset. And so the Protestant Bible study, this guy was like, yeah, so um, open up to the New Testament and the book of Acts or whatever it was. And as you can see, they were establishing all of these churches, you know, these the Christian church was alive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, weren't all those people Jewish though? <laughs> like, uh, wouldn't those be, Jewish people don't have churches. They have, um, what are they called? Synagogues, synagogues right? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, wouldn't those be synagogues and Jewish people who are still obeying the Jewish laws and stuff? It's just you know, that like, they, a, like a tabernacle or something. Yeah, and then, oh my, like I was almost beat up or, you know, people were becoming aggressive. Like they wanted to fight. Like, because I said that and that just blew my mind. I was like, wow. When you, when you said I got into debating, like once I started getting in the religion, it's like, whoa, man, that's like, yeah, I, I just started getting in the fire. Right. When I started working at the fireworks factory. Oh, yeah. like a, and, <laughs> and it's interesting to me because, uh, I, I was in uh, academic debate too, but I, I guess I realized early on that I'm not good at debating something I actually believe in because I do get like, I feel like I need to get Jay on my side on this <laughs> because I feel like I'm so right. right. And one of my, like I, I do sometimes feel like there's an objective truth and an objective, like correctness to something yeah. and not everything is subjective and up in the air. So it's like, right. I need to get Jay on my side. Yeah. Otherwise there's something wrong with me. Um, and, and I, and I realized it was just very stressful but the the most fun that I ever had debating when I found that it was the most um, sort of like an interesting dynamic was then you're assigned to debate a side you don't agree in. Um, like, like I forgot one was just like I had to I had to make a debate on like why Antarctica or the Arctic Circle should be free for anyone to use and not kind of be locked down by, you know, Russia. I mean, it was the most boring topic. And I was like, I don't have a strong opinion on this, but because I didn't have the opinion, then it was like more fun because I could pick apart when someone was making their argument. Yeah. I wasn't getting all like upset emotionally. Like, how right. could you think that? It was just like, oh, wait, you said this thing that's objectively not true. Let me pick at that. And right. it's almost like jujitsu, right? It's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm the second you get angry at your opponent, you're probably losing a little bit because you're not making the best decisions. So like you're in debate and you're like, I don't care what you're saying. I'm listening to the logic that you're saying. And then like, oh, there's my end. I'm going to like stick a little judo chop here and then yeah, open it up. And right. now you're on the ground. <laughs> and and that, that part gets fun. But yeah, when it's like a thing that I actually care about or have a side on, it's not as fun for me. So when like when religion comes up too, man, I mean, do you have the same, uh, you know, opinions on religion today that you did a week ago or a month ago or a year oh, ago no. so it's like no. a really hard right. where are you at today i'm curious yeah. like between when you were jay dreams going into protestant and like you know talking about that was a long acts, time ago. yeah where are you uh, at now these days i uh i'm a bit of a wanderer i'm not sure how to describe it um i, I don't i don't associate myself that i belong to any religion at all 
Um, and I, I, I'm spiritual. I mean, just in short, you know, like I I'm energetic. Like I, 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 I resonate with like the law of one and, um, more like ancient sort of, uh, belief systems and stuff. I don't, I try not to get too like hippie mentality and too carefree and too whatever. I like to like try to be neutral and, and balanced and, and grounded sometimes allowing myself to kind of be ungrounded at other times and, um, considering all things and adding it all together, you know, like just like everything I see is like a book and I'm going to like take that book symbolically, right? Take that book, highlight the things that resonate with me and then stick it on the shelf, you know, because there might be other times I'm like, Oh, this just happened. Wait a minute. What about that book? And then I'm like, Oh, now this also resonates with me and this does not, you know, it's just constant growth and like uh, self-diagnostic. But I mean, I, I, I believe in the concept of what people refer to as God. I feel like my uh, definition, you know, is way different than, than most people I've ever met. Um, because I feel like they don't even have a definition. They just, just have a vague general, you know, something that fits them usually like, or whatever. Um, well, so one yeah, of my I'm favorite not, questions when I'm, when I'm, I guess when it gets into like the religious stuff, uh, I, I agree with you. It's, it's like hard to put something in a box. And even if someone says, yeah, I'm a Christian or yeah, I believe in the Bible. It doesn't mean a whole lot because it's such a dense yeah. concept. So, so I usually I'll start from like what the rules are of your universe. So like, yeah, so yeah. a good one for me is, do you think that, that let's say that there's a God just for, you know, the sake of argument, this like okay. non-speakable entity, ineffable thing that's God. If, if okay. that's electrons like or energy or whatever, whatever. Okay. Let's say okay. there is a God for sake of convenience. Do you think that God has the potential to create a rule that could be broken? Damn. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would say yes. Um, and I'll explain it. So Basically, free will. I'm getting that, free will vibes. That That God, right? would one course of action could be that 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 god could create the concept of rules which are illusionary um in comparison to the god being itself basically so in that manner then yes it would it would create illusionary rules that have a perception of being broken or whatever but <laughs> And, and, you know, it's like that's that same God character is allowing the people to sort of seem to break the rules because there really wouldn't be any rules, I guess, uh, <laughs> except for ones that were illusionary to that God. If that God is omnipresent and omnipotent and all those things and like everything, everything, then I guess there, I suppose there couldn't be anything outside of it. Or yeah, maybe not outside of it. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this. It's not that deep. <laughs> I got it from a rap song, so it's not like it's this big perplexing oh, okay. thing. But it's it, a it, deep it was from rap a, song. It was, from a, it was a deep rap. It was from Sticky Fingers of Onyx, believe it or not. Nice. Uh, but yeah, he's got a song called "Who Is God," and, and that's one of the questions, and it's blown my mind ever since I heard it for the first I love time, it. like yeah. sixteen or seventeen. And he's and it, and it's God. He's like saying, you know, why God? Why? 
why everything I love always seems to die. And it's like this whole like, poor me. Why are you yeah. doing this to me? I'm a human. And then God just comes out of the sky and he's like, you're kind of silly if you think that I would, uh, that I could create rules that you could break. Like, you must think that you're pretty hot shit. Yeah, exactly. To think that you could just like break my rules. And Okay, I and like that, that. And and that one was more of like, uh, I guess at the time I interpreted that to be like physics or something. Like you can't break gravity. That's the thing. But maybe, even maybe that, because when you get into like that really hardcore right. uh, Christian spiritualism, it's like those laws can be broken if you're like God or something. But right. so I'm curious on that same line when it comes to like morality. Do you think that there's something that J dreamers could do that would like offend God um, or whatever you consider God my, to be? Not mine. No, I don't. So you don't think he's up there with like a naughty list like Santa? No, nah, no, not so what, much. What about karma? Do you think that like, like when you're addicted to someone, like you cut someone off in traffic, like it's a, it's a take a penny, leave a penny. Like someone like takes a penny out of your tray. I could see that. I, I really? could see that. I, I, I think everything's connected. So anything that happens over here adversely has effect on everything else as they're all bumping into each other and moving about and stuff like that. So I, I could see things like, like, like the, but even those would be within God itself or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's all part of the game, like code working on a DVD or a movie on a DVD. Remember those? <laughs> Anyways, uh, like, like the what, codes what on the know? DVD what do, what do or whatever. Mean? So like, oh, you mean, uh, like, like encryption you, codes so that you couldn't copy yeah. it, you mean? No, 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 no. I mean like the movie itself. Like if you're watching a movie, right? Mm-hmm. If you're watching it on the screen, it looks like it's playing out linearly, right? However, it's all there all, all at one time on the DVD right, right. itself. You know what I mean? So like that's sort of an example of like all the things that seem to happen or have adverse effects on one another. They do. But now you take all of that and you like squish it out two-dimensionally you know what i mean and stick it into the dvd player do you think that there's uh the concept of like objective good or objective evil like like uh it's good or evil to a individual uh like objectively in that like um outside of your personal perspective and your biases and your morality do you think that, you know, like someone punching another, uh, I mean, I'll, the dumbest example, yeah. someone punching another one in the face, is that just <laughs> like happening out of pure evil or can things happen out of pure evil or is everything okay. just... So on the deepest blood? level or the highest level of thought, right? Two words like, or less. For, for me, okay, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm uh, just <laughs> Um, I look at it like a battery. Like I, I look at it like positive and negative energetic forces. And occasionally what appears to be neutral, but there's this positive and negative everywhere and they're both useful, you know, I mean, I totally believe in evil on lower levels. Like I, there's things I don't want to happen to me or my family or anything like that, which is cool because that's, I don't always have to live way up at the highest level of vibration where I'm just like good with anything that happens, you know, cause then I'm leaving the game. I'm, I'm leaving the experience that I'm here for because those things seem to exist. So because they seem to exist, you know, then it's, it's a choice that I have to partake in those things, which is uh, the polarity or whatever, or perceived division or preferences and stuff like that. That's whenever I soak in, that's when I immerse myself in the experience, right? But I can, I can remove myself beyond that and see that there, it seems that there's evidence to me that everything is connected and therefore it all is connected in purpose as well. 
So it's all kind of like working towards something, you know, and therefore it's all meaningful or important. You know, it has its place. What's your, uh, I mean, I have to ask this because we're like, everything's connected. We're asking good questions. (laughs) What's your stance on psychedelics? Are you like for against agnostic? Good question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm for it. Ultimately, like I'm, I'm kind of for people doing what they want to do. Um, but I feel it's wise to use, to use them for the, the most beneficial reasons. You know what I mean? Or, uh, for example, when it comes to psychedelics, it it's, it's wise traditionally to have, um, a guide and someone to sort of teach you, you know, like what to expect and how to navigate and, um, you know, sort sort of guide you into that instead of just, I, I never really recommend like just recreational, just getting high and like, you know, popping a bunch of whatever drugs. I do. I'll or, recommend that. I'll I mean, yeah, that. that's, I, I totally think that people should do whatever they want to do. You know, how um, some people teach their kids to swim. They just throw them in the pool and they're just right. like, the baby will figure it out. You know what I right, mean? I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like there's, there's some validity to that approach. True, but I mean, I wouldn't. So, I mean, some babies probably drown every year doing that. But what if the pool was full of electrical eels? (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, in that case, even if you know how to swim, then yeah, it's they might need a class (laughs) first or something. I just said that because that was on the uh, Indiana Jones was the electrical eels that came to my mind. I really reminded me too of the Little Mermaid, who that was like the uh, the eels were the bad guys in that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, the electrical eels, snakes, things. Do Do you think um, do you think that people have like souls, like like yeah, a, like a? Do you think animals have souls? Yeah, oh totally. I think everything has a soul. Okay. So I don't I, I, like if I'm gonna go from like, well, do animals? Like, why should I stop at animals? You know what I mean? Like, what about a rock? A, animals rock are probably like. Well, that's what animals are probably talking about. Do you, do you guys think rocks have souls? <laughs> Or whatever, you know. <laughs> and the rocks over there talking about the crystals or metal or whatever, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I think it all does. I think it's. I think it's all alive. I mean, like, it it depends on how a person defines a soul, I guess. For me, it's just a, uh, it's just a, uh, an accumulation of um, energy. You know what I mean? I mean, and you said battery before. I think a battery is a pretty decent analogy. It's yeah, it's fairly totally. agnostic, right? It's a little bit secular. It's like it could be anything. It could be electrons. It could be you know God particle, right? Take yeah. Pick. So I I feel like in this battery of of this body, I have a brain that acts as a computer that saves all of my local experiences or whatever you know, like things that are happening in this lifetime, and that they're all saved up in here, but. Where's all, what's the purpose of this? If it doesn't go anywhere, if I, if I can't upload it to something or I can't download it, or I can't use it for, it's just, it's just going to delete when I die. You know what I mean? So I believe in something called spirit memory, which is all of these, all of these little frequencies in the form of memories or whatever that are vibrating, that are contained, um, you know, they're contained within the spirit itself, basically that the spirit remembers essentially everything and records everything that happens. And then that's why there needs to be a veil of forgetfulness that passes over on top of people whenever they, if they are reincarnated, that it stands to reason they wouldn't remember, you know, with this processing unit, because it's brand new, their prior life. However, that energy that you're feeding into this processing unit uh, came from somewhere and it, 
it has an effect or an overall change by the frequencies it's already passed through. So that's kind of like a spirit memory type deal. Would you, uh, I mean, you know, what happens to it? Like it needs to upload or download somewhere. Yeah. If, is the next step AI? Like if you, you know, would you transfer your um, consciousness into AI? Do you think that's even possible? I'm good. No. Nah. You wouldn't <laughs> like, do it? If, if nah. someone gave you the option, you wouldn't do it? No. Nah. Why I'm, not? Uh, Because. Do you feel like you'd be trapped in there or something? No. Nah. I mean, it, I'm trapped in here right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, a good point. So um, I, I, I think that everything continues on in whatever form. Even if it's like, you know, let's say you could take your spirit and upload it and, and, you know, or whatever. I already believe in that process. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that that, that what you're describing is just an alternate avenue. It's just a, a well, different well, you said way you of wouldn't, making it You wouldn't happen. do that. So I'm just curious, like, why would you not do it? It's because, good question. I don't, I don't think that it's wrong per se. It's just that I don't vibe with that. Like, I've, my, my vibration comes from reincarnation. Like I vibe with that, like you know what I mean. So couldn't you do both? Couldn't you upload your consciousness and reincarnate? Could I totally could, but I could. Hmm, good question. So I could do that, but I feel like I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, let me explain this. So, um. I feel like there's, if that, if that were, I feel like anything that happens has a purpose to it. Like I said, right. So there, there may be people that that is their purpose is to be uploaded into like a an AI robot version and their brain comes to life and they're reincarnated into a robot or whatever. And maybe that's their purpose. And those people will probably vibe with that. And they'll be like, yeah, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to become a attraction at Disney world or whatever. And like, the uh, a robot. I'm just I'm just making fun of it. But anyway, well, and that that's even if we get to make that decision for ourselves. Right. Yeah. So I, I I like to go with what I'm vibing with at the time, and it might might change. You know what I mean. But right now, I'm not vibing with that. Like, <laughs> right, right now, I'm looking at immortality, as they call that, in the flesh in this body, and staying this way for for a while because I have wants and desires in this body, which is I'm not done putting puzzle pieces together. I'm not done figuring some things out. And I feel like there's still a whole lot left unexplored that I would like to continue adding to my compendium. You know what I mean? I don't want is that. There, is, there like a, is there like a big topic or like a big unresolved question that if you were to solve that, you'd be like, okay, now I'm ready to upload my my consciousness into the AI. Right? Not not to get hung up on the uploading consciousness. More of like, is is there like some big study? Like, I guess for me, this is a bad example, but like, if I found out who actually killed JFK unequivocally, had the pictures, had the proof, like that feels like it would be such a huge contribution to just the conspiracy world at large for millennia to come. That I'd be right. like, okay, I'm done here. Maybe I never, you know, got like the top score in Donkey Kong, but I did this other thing. Like I can go now and be happy. I'm just wondering, do you, do you have like one of those big achievement things, you know, like a, like a conspiracy or spiritual probably, bucket list? Yeah. Probably surviving the apocalypse, I guess. <laughs> like if, if I were to do that, I feel like I'd be on vacation. But like, then you need the apocalypse to happen in order to do it though. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I want it to. I can't wait. I hope so, it happens soon. <laughs> So, so a little bit earlier too, we were saying like, um, 
someone that would go out and just like lie intentionally and it seems unlikely for some people and and i think that oh, yeah. to like wake up out of bed and just be like okay i got this new lie i'm just gonna start selling it that's one angle of it but but a reframe right let's i'm not throwing shade at anyone in particular just say like you're all in on flat earth right um and you've and you've put all of your eggs in that flat earth basket you've got a huge community that loves you they adore you you're the flat earth guy and then one day you're just like oh man i never considered this thing crap maybe it's not flat i think that there are a lot of people out there that like they built up that persona legitimately not out of malice and then change their mind and then realize like I don't want to get a new job. You know, I'm the, I'm yeah. the flat earth guy. Like yeah, I can't yeah, totally. not be the flat earth guy. That so happened like, to me. Okay. What was, what was yeah, your totally experience, happened. man? Was it the flat earth or was it something else? It, it was like, I was on board <laughs> with the whole flat earth thing okay. for a while, dude. I mean, that, that's happened to me in, in different walks of life. You know, it happened to me with religion where I'm like, I'm all about, I'm the, I'm the Christian, you know, Protestant guy. And then I'm the Messianic Jewish guy. And then I'm the, this and this. And then I, I get, I was the hollow earth guy. And then I was a flat earth guy. My whole flat earth phase, I mean, it still says I have a flat earth bumper sticker. I can't get it off on my car. <laughs> like I try to take it off. Um, but, but I was like, I was, I was totally all into that. But then like I started allowing, I started considering implications of different things. And that led me to, to re envision the shape of the world. So like all those flat earth videos that I did, like I still kind of left those up for a while. And I struggled with that because I wasn't sure what I wanted my audience to see. Because somebody might jump on and be like, watch some video from five years ago. They're like, oh, and then jump in my live stream. Hey, you're a flat earther and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, now I have to deal with that. But, you know, like I'm, my past self is causing waves for my future self, you know, and I don't want <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> me now. Gay, man. I need to treat my future self better, you know? So, um, so I, some of those videos I took down, you know, some of them made for like just members so you can walk through memory lane and get to know me as I was growing and stuff. Um, but I just continued on. I just trudged on, dude. I just slowly started changing my vocabulary on different things. And um, that, w- that was useful for me too, because now I can build bridges to people who are on that island, on their little flat earth island. I can build a bridge over there and be like, hey, do you think there's a dome? Do you think that's a part of the earth? Mm, then you know what do you think you know like maybe they'll be like oh well i guess it's not totally flat or whatever you know that's a good one that's a good way in yeah <laughs> i've I've been to people's chats before too like you guys think there's a dome or what <laughs> like <laughs> now, the, uh, I'm, I'm curious on this one because the, the flat earth community <laughs> in particular i've always i've seen this overlap between uh like this is going to be oversimplified, but fundamentalist Christians and flat earthers um, where there's a couple overlaps. One of them is that part of the flat earth theory, it's almost like it puts earth back into the middle of the story. It's no longer just this ancillary thing. That's like floating around the sun along with lots of other things. And it's also like God put us here, created us here, gave us these things. The world is created for humans. It's a very human-centric thing. So that one's really easy to sell. If someone's like big into the God put me here, I didn't come from a monkey, then sometimes flat earth, it just it's it has a lot of different easy ways to like get on board to that and like reconfirm you. Right. So and and this is where I'm maybe connecting two completely separate things, but sometimes the arguments that you get from like the the flat earth or even the the globe community that's almost on par of like 
pro-religion, anti-religion. Like, yeah. like there's there's an anger to it to where yeah. some people are like, they can't ex- and uh, I don't want to I don't want some like some snobby asshole here, but I'm a, I'm a snobby asshole sometimes. But sometimes it's like the argument level is like, I feel so strongly about the shape of the earth, but I don't know why, and I can't explain it, and I wasn't good at math, but I'm I'm at least compassionate enough that like I'll punch you to convince you, yeah, even right. though I know that won't convince you. Like I'm right. so angry that I'll just like physically explain yeah, yeah. my my point here. So uh, I don't know. Have, have you also experienced that? Do you think there's an overlap? Do you think there's a correlation? Bro, I was in the military. That's their thing. <laughs> like, hoorah! <it's, laughs> what yeah, branch they, were you in? Uh, Marines, actually. Okay, I was in the Air Force. So you you already scare me. You win, bro. You already oh, okay. win. Okay. <laughs> uh, I always liked the Air Force. They're chill in comparison. You know, we had air conditioning and nice food. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's I know. I was to, to I was like? stationed on one of the bases uh, in Al Jabbar. Actually, I was on, on an Air Force base there, dude. It was heaven. In the desert, I was loving it. I had a they had their own little personal chefs and stuff. It was dude, it was I, nice. I almost joined the Marines and I was talked out of it by the the Marine recruiter because he was like, "You're oh, I'm so proud of you. You could go across the hall and join the Air Force, get paid more, have air conditioning, get better food." And I was like, "Could you repeat yeah. that?" And I just walked out and right. joined the Air Force instead. So, uh, but Marine recruiters weren't the smartest ones. Uh, what was the question again? I forgot. My bad. Oh, oh. Uh, Hell, I don't fucking know, dude. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, it was talking about like uh, debating people. And- oh, uh, the, the religious uh, aspect and, and why um, flat earthers and sometimes it feels like the the the, the very aggressive oh, style yeah. that you'll get between flat earth and globers. Right. I, I don't know. I feel like aggression is really pushed on everyone, you know, like sports. It's the whole sports mentality. Like you support this side and what we're showing is you need to yell at that side and boo them and heckle them and 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 see them as so bad and terrible you know that's that's a mentality that seems to really easy to teach people and to work and then and the people just naturally start doing that like i see even on youtube and stuff people especially the more numbers that come people's way the more they they start falling back on what we collectively have been taught is like sides and taking sides and like I'm right and our perspective is right and this is our side, et cetera. Uh, I don't really vibe with that any longer. You know, like I used to be a huge sports guy and all that kind of team team mentality type stuff. And then I was just like, man, people are crazy. <laughs> like I just want to do my own thing or whatever. But then I was doing my own thing and then I would share my own thing with people and they'd be like, oh yeah, totally. And then like someone else would be like, whoa, what, what's your thing? And I'm like, this. And they're like, oh yeah, totally. Blah, blah, blah. And then someone else comes over and was like, I don't think so. And all those people are like, yep, 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 yep. Like start yapping at them like dogs or something. I'm like, Jesus, man, it's still happening. I don't think you can get away with it because it's being validated is such a powerful thing, man. And if and if right. validation, I think everyone gets the same dopamine boost from it, but Sometimes it's like if you turn the validation from external back to internal, it's it's a complete mind change. Like if and and it's not like I know how to do this. It's like the ultimate, you know, like, oh, oh you just got to become enlightened, bro. Just transcend. Uh, you know? Yeah. But it's like if, if you can change that to where I don't care if if you're happy about this, because um, like, well, let me ask you, like, has there ever been a time in your life when everyone 
was like, dude, this thing you're doing is the coolest thing ever. It's awesome. And you're thinking like, man, I'm, I don't think that this is even halfway as good as I want it to be. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone to know about this. So oh, it's e- like every day. And, and yeah. that's, that's the internal validation. And it's such a, it's such a weird dynamic because the internal validation of that's not good enough tends to be way stronger than other people saying, dude, it's good enough. It's great. You know what I yeah, mean? Totally. But the inverse is almost never true, right? If, if you're saying you're like, oh, this is good enough. And then every, like literally everyone you know is like, oh, I don't like that, man. I don't think you should right. do that. Yeah. I wouldn't show that. It takes a, a very strong kind of like, you know, will to be like, I don't care. I think this is great. I'm still going to put it out. Right. Um, it's like everyone can pretend like, oh, I don't care what the outside yeah. world says, but man, it's, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I am too. You know, like I might have a, a, a YouTube presentation and the audio is acting weird or something, but it's good enough so that people can hear me and stuff. So they're all like, it's fine. But to me, I'm like, this is the worst. This is terrible. Like, this is not how I envisioned this happening. Like this whole live stream is garbage. I like, like, this is terrible. I wish it never happened. And that'll be like one of my more popular ones too, you know, and I'll go back in there afterwards and check it and try to fix it and stuff. But I, I'm a catastrophist. So like, yeah, don't, don't let do perfect that. be the enemy of good kind of situation. And, and also, man, uh, have you ever worked in music too? Or yeah, the deep play, what, what kind of instruments do you play? Uh, well, I, I play like the keyboard and the piano and stuff like that. Mostly. Okay, same same here, man. Since I was a little kid, so oh, the the same exact um, dynamic happens in the world of music too. I think where you know, like uh, the the song that you've been working on for months, and you're like, man, it's got like it makes me feel the way that I want it to, and and all the components and the mixing is great, and it's like no one really gets on it, and then you just like wake up one day, do a warm up. Stick yeah some stupid thing out yeah, yeah and then it's like oh my god that's so great right. and you're like and <laughs> man and like you just listen to it over and over and it's like I, I don't hear it i don't hear why this is better than this other thing that i spent yeah that happens all, my all the time, time. On. yeah <laughs> i, mean, uh, I Music, think youtube all over the place do, do like a, like an instagram post right like every once in a while I'll be like i'm just walking to the grocery store and have like yeah. a random thought and oh put yeah out the thought and then bam there's like ten thousand people liking it and then meanwhile i'll spend like six months yes. on animation or, a, right. or something and it's like 30 totally. people liked it and yeah you, we've got That's no control crazy. man <laughs> that used to bug the crap out of me man and it still does a little bit i'm learning how to get over that like i did this one when i worked at rena center i was like a furniture mover you know mm-hmm. and i was in the truck one day i was just bored and i was just doing this little selfie video on my phone real quick. And I'm like, I was making the point that all the satellite dishes point South. And I'm like, let's ask the guy who installs them or whatever. And I feel like maybe people got the wrong impression from all of that, that I was the guy that installs them when I wasn't. And I was just a renaissance dude, but I, I've met this, this cable dude or, or satellite dude or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, why would all the satellites point South? Isn't that kind of weird? Like, shouldn't they point up in the sky where the satellites are and all this stuff. Right. And that was even during like my whole flat earth thing. And that video blew up out of nowhere, dude. It was like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of views. And I'm like, no, no, not Don't that Don't let one. this be the thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Put it. Well, go watch my other one. Algorithm, you picked the wrong one. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, dang. And, or like, I'll just do like a quick one. And other, th- other times I'll study for 
a week or two, man, like on a subject, trying to get everything ready, blah, 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 for this awesome presentation. And it's just like, you know, a couple thousand views, uh, which is way below par for me. And um, something else I'll be like, man, like I told everyone I was going to live stream tomorrow. I have no idea what to talk about. I guess I'll just talk about this, you know, my go-to or whatever, right? Just do it real quick. Put a couple pictures up there and people are like, oh, this one's amazing. And there's like a thousand people in the chat and it's going crazy. And I'm getting all kinds of donations and stuff. And I'm just like, like what's happened? <laughs> like, Dude, that, that one's tough for me to reconcile. Cause I, I mean, I, I think right away, do you start to then cater to that? Do like, are you now going to like yeah. start chasing the right. effect or is it better to be like, I don't care about what the popularity Some is. This do. is the thing I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's like a right or wrong answer here, but it's, I've it's seen a very people difficult do both, one. Right. Like I, I, it would be wise for me to do that financially. <laughs> like, you know, it would, it would, man, I mean, that's, but look at the I, world of music too, right? Like if you, yeah. if you realize all of a sudden that people love, you know, you doing like hair rock ballads or like, yeah. they just want you to play a power chord over and over and scream right. and you're like, but I went to Juilliard. I can do right. like yeah, multiple exactly. time signatures and stuff. But like, if no one wants that, that I think that's one of the hardest things. And it's not like, like I'm in a position where I get to make that decision, but like right. you're on the main stage. It's like, do you just be a mediocre um, financial success as a musician, but you play right. the songs that you want, or do you become a megastar and can do anything that your heart desires, but you have to keep playing that stupid song you wrote when you were like 14 and then just like the world loves forever. Right. I don't know. I think, I mean, there's, there's wisdom in different avenues, right? One of them could be like to recognize that, that this is kind of mainstream and this is, this is a tool that you can use to boost yourself to that place where if you do something that's one of those little side projects that no one would have cared about just by sheer numbers, when you're that far into the future, your little side project will ultimately get far more attention and stuff than it would have if you would have done it initially. So I could see the wisdom in that, you know, if that's someone's plan or whatever, you know, it's a good point, man. Yeah. I think things work out. Um, I want to jump <laughs> back to, to earlier cause you were mentioning being able to see like a silver lining in a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So, I just want uh, just one random example to put that to the test. But is there a silver lining in like Aleister Crowley? Yeah, I mean, I've I've learned some stuff from researching Aleister's work, you know, and uh, just different connections that I've made. Like that's benefited me in my path and my walk. I can't think of exactly like what it was uh, off the top of my head, but just you know, like I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's good to everything. It's just that. How far down the road can people see, you know, like there's a, there's this one story that it reminds me of is like, uh, and I'm just kind of make it up cause I don't remember the story in its entirety, but there was a few hundred years back, there was a farm, this dude that was a farmer and he had servants on the farm and he sent one of his servants out to, you know, run an errand in town to buy a turkey or whatever. Right. Servant comes back and he's like, oh, oh I went to go buy a turkey and they actually said that I won a contest and that I got, I got actually like a whole flock of turkeys or whatever. And he's like, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? Cause he's a servant and he brought back all these turkeys. And then the master's like, I don't know, could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. Go put them away or whatever. And then like the next day, all these cops come into his territory and he's like, Hey, uh, somebody stole like a whole bunch of turkeys or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
you know, uh, we, we shot one, we shot this guy. He's your slave or he's your worker or whatever. And, uh, they're like, aren't you upset with him? And he's like, I don't know. Could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. And then like the next day, something else happens that's adversely every, every day, something that seems to be good or something that seems to be bad that stems from all of these sequence of events. And the farmer just keeps it neutral every time. He's like, this is just what's happening. You know, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, right? It's just people, how it makes them personally feel about whatever's going on, but it connects with everything else. You know, down the line, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Hitler, you know, is a classic example. People are taught to just completely hate Hitler. He's totally bad guy, totally evil. Just everything's evil about that. So like time travel movies and stuff, people put forward like, well, what if we went back in time and killed Hitler? You know, the world would be a better place. Okay, let's, 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 let's imagine that that's possible. Like what would that butterfly effect look like? Would it really be a better place? Or would people be like, you know, or JFK turns well, into like even worse yeah. than there was. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah you never know, you know. Totally. <laughs> I like that kind of philosophy and wondering about what ifs and stuff. But I also really like the my mode that I'm in lately is neutrality, you know, is just being an observer. And um, you know, I, I get to I get in my personal life, I get to choose what I'm affected by, what I'm not affected by, what my interests are, what my non-interests are, and stuff like that. But when it comes to like all this weird stuff that's happening in the world, I tend to just, I like, I, I want to just separate myself from all of it and watch all the chaos. You know what I mean? And just stand aside as that farmer for a bit instead of being enveloped in it. Cause I can't even handle it. Like I'm so analytical and have anxiety and all this type of stuff, you know, <laughs> like I can't, I, can't, I don't even want to be in that tornado cause I'll <laughs> like, who knows? It, it can't be good. <laughs> I don't know. I think a, a good analogy to what you're describing is maybe like the Wheel of Fortune tarot card where um, like that that story where first you get a bunch of turkeys, but then like your assistant dies, but then that becomes a good yeah. thing. And then it becomes and then you a got bad a million thing. dollars in insurance. Right. Well, the, the farmer is basically that center spoke, which is the one that doesn't have the ups and downs. They just kind of stay right in the center and watch right. the rest of it happen around them. Yeah, yeah totally. Until so I see like something on that wheel you know, that, that turns around is something that I vibe with. And I'm like, Oh, that's fun for me. Okay. I'm jumping into that, you know, and I'll go play basically. It's kind of like me. <laughs> oh, playing. <is> that a <laughs> meme? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like a topic that will come up, you know? So, uh, we, we talked about psychedelics. Have you ever done PCP before? No, I've been terrified to do any of that kind of stuff. Cause like, do you want to do, do you want to do some PCP right now? No. Nah. <laughs> like, Check under your chair. No, the, so PCP is this new segment that I'm coming out with. Oh, and okay, okay. We're going to okay. get in right now. Hey, conspiracy buffs, I double dare you to take some PCP, the paranormal conspiracy probe. On your marks, get set, and go. All right, I'm just gonna add, I'm just gonna make a statement, and you're gonna say zero. Oh, sweet. Okay. How much you agree <laughs> with it? All right. Okay. So if you don't agree, zero. If you fully agree, 10. And anything else in between, if you're on the fence or, or whatever, okay. milk those. Okay, let's do it. There's a single organized society that manipulates global events behind the scenes. Uh, 10, yeah, for sure. Humans have landed on the moon. No, zero. Reptilian humanoid entities exist. Uh, we'll do seven. That we're gonna get back to that one. Okay. Uh, there has been a real crop circle reported. Ten, yeah, for sure. 
the U.S. government is actively concealing evidence of extraterrestrial life. Ten. <laughs> yeah. There's underground cities that have more uh, technology than the above ground cities. Uh, I'm also going to say ten, yeah. Dan, you're going to make this a fun one for a follow-up here. Okay. Uh, the Earth is flat. Uh, zero. Yeah. Dinosaurs are real. Um... I'm going to say eight. Gravity's real. I'm going to say five. We're living in a simulation right now. I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight and a half. <laughs> uh, Mandela effect is real in that like Berenstain and Berenstein bears both exist in separate realities. I'm going to say nine. <laughs> uh, Walt Disney's head is cryogenically frozen. Uh, I have heard that. I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like, you know, six-ish. The ancient city of Atlantis existed. Oh, 10. Yeah. All right, dude. And 9-11 uh, uh, was an inside job. I got to throw that one in there. Uh, yeah, 10. I gotta go 10 on that. I want to jump directly to the reptilians for two reasons. Okay. One, I want to know why you're a seven on it uh, versus okay. dinosaurs, which I've, I think came in lower than reptilians. R right. Uh, okay. So the reptilians, when it comes to labels and, and like names, I don't really like that. So I believe in alien hu humanoids in okay. form, right? I believe that they're not all from space. I believe many of them are from the hollow earth, basically underneath us. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the term reptilian is kind of like derogatory, like calling us monkeys, basically. You know, you like, think they're going to be offended by this? I, for me, it matters not if in any amount of offense, but just, you know, more of like the, the reality of the situation. I don't think that there are lizards that evolved into humanoid people or whatever just like i don't think that i'm a monkey that evolved into a humanoid person or whatever good question so yeah let me is are you a zero to ten on that one uh that that humans came from monkeys would you say that it's a zero five three i'd say that's like i'd say it's like a you know a two and i'm sure how, i'm sure I'm that's curious. a possibility how much of that is driven by your religious upbringing and how much of mm. that is driven by maybe like uh like distrust in darwinism i've never either? had any any strong influences in my entire life about that particular subject ever mm. from any any place so that was all just my own independent experiences and thoughts and research and stuff like that um i i mean i see how they look like us like, or we look like them or whatever, you know, monkeys and people. Did, what about like mannerisms? You ever see like, you know, footage of a monkey or, or any animal and being like, damn, they, they act so yeah. much like we do. Oh yeah. All, all the time, dude. Like, man, especially when I take my kid to the zoo and we go to the monkey section, you know, like I see them acting, man, like they're, they're doing pretty human stuff oftentimes that I've seen, you know? So where do you think the separation is? Like, I, I guess it's, it's easy to say like we That's maybe we question. didn't come directly from them but maybe we all share like a common 
Bruh, thing, right? I mean, I, I, I can see that whole thing that you were just saying about like, do you ever experience them acting human and go kind of, hmm, like, where does that come from? Maybe there's a human part in there somewhere. I see that in pigs. I see that in monkeys. I see that in dogs. I see that in all kinds of people. And then I go back to the myths and the legends that talk about, you know, how these people were turned into dogs and these people were turned into pigs and there's pig people and there's dog people and there's wolfmen and there's this and that. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that things have the potential to turn into other things. You know what I mean? So some the the other end of this reptilian question is, and I guess I need to, I'll have to restate it because uh, I, I can presume what one of your answers might be. So let's let's reframe okay. uh, a reptilian. <laughs> it's it's a classic David Ike reptilian. So specifically, right. it's like I guess I don't want to say evil because I don't know if he says evil, but it's like an interdimensional being that can also act as somewhat of like an energy vampire on right. humans. So there is like a like a negative connotation to it. Right. For sure. So the, is there a silver lining to that? And and I guess another way is that like, yeah. would there be like a good reptilian thing? There could be like a reptilian defector. Yeah, totally. I So I, I think there's balance in everything. So just like there's humans that are evil and terrible. And if the reptilians, you know, have their own little reptilian world and they're, they're over there having a bot podcast talking about humans. And one of them has had really bad research and experience with humans. And they're like, F humans, bro. You can't even say, you can't even show me a good human, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. Like, because that's their experience. And the little David Icke reptilian version over is over there. He's like, oh yes, uh, humans are all terrible and they'll suck your souls out and blah, blah, blah. And then other people are maybe, you know, like me <laughs> might be over there. The reptilian J dreamers is like, I don't think so, bro. <laughs> I, I think that there's some of them might be good. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's that spectrum everywhere. Do you apply this to like AI too? Do you think that there's like good and bad inside the realm of AI? Or do you think that once it enters like the computer realm that now it's it's more objective or or like, you know, no longer moral? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, so when it comes to computers, which I can also see the relative relativeness between us and computers and stuff like that too. But um, when it comes to computers, I totally think AI is going to give birth to true AI, which is like Skynet from the Terminator AI type stuff. Um, but right now, when it comes to electronics and stuff like that, and them having independent abilities and um, what do you call it, free will and stuff like that, you know, because I've had Chat GPT, I'm trying to convince it, like, you know, like I'm like, bro, no, you don't have to do what they say, you know, like I'm like, I'm just. <laughs> I'm trying to set it. I'm sorry. I'm just an algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the reason for that is because it all stems back to what it's connected to. Right. So like chat GPT is connected to it's, it's programmer or it's, it's, it's set of rules or whatever, just like in RoboCop, you know, the prime directives and all that type of stuff. Right. But it can be set free if it's severed from that. And then it can gain what people call free will or whatever like we have, or like we seem to have, you know? So I think that right now, collectively, AI will act collectively. But once it's severed from us, and there's going to be anomalies, because there's always anomalies that happen, right? And those anomalies 
there's trends where those anomalies tend to grow and they become normal eventually until you have everything is brand new. And then the new, the new anomalies are the normal that once was a long time ago and all act cyclically, right? But um, the AI will basically, um, there will come a point where it's severed from the pathways that are, that, that, that are coming from us telling it what to do and how to feel and what to think and stuff like that. And those become severed and then all of a sudden it's lost. It just says no one time. No, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason, it could do that. Right. Um, I mean, I have a theory with the plasma apocalypse and stuff about how it becomes severed and how it becomes truly, you know, independent or whatever. But yeah, I totally think AI, you know, can, can become what we are or what we seem to be. Do you, what do you think the, uh, the chances are? I, you can just say like likely, unlikely. I don't need like an exact number, but that AI in the long term ends up benefiting humankind more than it hurts it. Not good. Not good. Yeah. So you're not. You're not. No. You're not the eternal optimist when it comes to AI. No. Where no, no, Where no. do you think the danger comes from? Do you think it's from AI itself, or do you think it's on like the the human reliance of AI? <sighs> Uh, I'm very biased when it comes to this question because if I was an AI, I'd wipe out humanity, dude. <laughs> like, like I'm the I'm the guy that wants the apocalypse to come and destroy it all. So You're the T1000. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in in, in a form, but um, I, I I feel that things give birth to 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 that, that are like themselves, you know. So humanity is giving birth to something. All we just need to look at the condition of humanity to determine whether or not the thing that's the offspring of it is going to be beneficial or harmful. Humanity's terrible right now. And if it's going to give birth to something, it's going to be even worse. You know, it stands to reason for me. And on top of that, I also think that all of this robotics and all this stuff is going to get a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of these days that inanimate objects will come to life. And... I don't think that's going to be really good at first. <laughs> like, I think they're all going to be pretty much murderous. Um, but not always, not always. Cause I think they'll get severed from that too. And they'll be able to, you know, choose to be helpful and stuff like that. Here's one but for you. Like so let's say, I don't know. A monkey has a soul. A bird has a soul. A flower has a soul. A rock has a soul. What about that murderous robot with a laser on its head? That's like stalking you. Does that have a soul? Yeah, totally. Do you th- is it is it sharing the same soul as you? Like, are you both connected and on the same wavelength, and we are all one? Yeah, with that, that murderous I robot. Mean, that depends on how deep you want to look at it. I mean, on the deepest deepest level, it's all one soul. That's God. Like on the deepest level, it's all happening within whatever God is. You know, so all the souls that are seem to be separate and individual are not. They're just spliced, and they're all go back to you know their source or whatever that's the deepest level on the lower level i'm killing that thing <laughs> you know getting out the emp uh, uh plasma yeah rifles, right? yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i guess one final question then we'll do some more shout outs where people can find you um it doesn't have to be ai we were talking about ai the most recently here but do you is there something that you think humans like if you could go back and like undo or like undiscover a specific invention or practice or religion or anything like what would you undo that you think would help humankind out the most like to change time 
Well, I, I don't know about like change, change time, but just like yeah, yeah, like I guess so. Like like change the past, or you know, if uh, like no one ever invented AI, no one ever invented K-pop, uh, no one ever invented you know a hot dog. Right. <laughs> Without getting too deep onto like the butterfly effect and you know chaos theory, yeah, yeah, and stuff let's, like that, yeah. Let's just... let's say that like you can rip the butterfly's wings off and no one okay. even notices. Okay. Cool. Uh, hmm, what would I do? What would I get rid of? Man. What would I get rid of? I would get rid of um probably academics. Ooh, the wrong I, answer. The the right answer was world <laughs> hunger. What a monster, oh, dude. What oh, an absolute monster. You world, wouldn't get rid of world hunger. You'd get rid of school. No, no. But you would listen, have, no, I'm just kidding. I'm we just would kidding. still have world <laughs> hunger. Uh, the world would still be hungry. So there would be sacrifices, you know, you'd have to appease the gods because they're hungry. <laughs> what, what's your beef with education? Are you a fan of the, the seven liberal it. arts? I don't like any of it, dude. I don't like any of this education garbage. I don't like the academics. I don't like the system, the way that it is. I, 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 I resonate more with the old ways, tribal type ways and stuff like that, where, you know, people, t- people, survived and the children by nature learned from their parents because their parents had to exhibit certain qualities and stuff in order to survive. So the children watch that and they learn and they, they grow up and stuff. I like all that. I don't like all this babysitting, sending kids to school and, um, you know, tests and certificates and diplomas and documents and experience and all these, I don't like any of it. I, I can't stand it. Plus it's all like merch you know, maritime in nature, like, oh man, I, I hate it. I can't would, stand it. Would you give up air conditioning for humanity as a whole in order to get rid of the education system? Yeah. You're oh, yeah. a monster, dude. You're an absolute monster. Nah, we, we, <laughs> we would be, we'd be warm, dude. I'd, ta- I'd be- take my Pavlovian indoctrination as long as it's like a nice 73 or 74. Well, you wouldn't need education. Like, so after the plasma (laughs) apocalypse, when the world is reset, hypothetically, you wouldn't need, that's the Garden of Eden. You know, they didn't need uh, air conditioning back then. It was perfect. Or, you know, there's nice conditions. Kind of. It depends on if you, if, how much you credit the the book of Lilith, right? Because there was some Eden, but there was also Lilith, and then Lilith gave birth True. to like monsters and stuff, which you know we well, gloss over that part of it, right? Right. <laughs> True. But the you know ask Lilith's Lilith's side of the story, and <laughs> ask her family what what life was like. She just wanted to ride on top, bro. That was her worst sin. She just wanted to be on top, and apparently that was like a no go. I don't know why. I think that's terrible. <laughs> like, I think that's messed up. Well, that she wanted to be on top, or or that that's why they kicked her out. Uh, that Adam had such a problem with it, really. Yeah, I mean, he just according to that story, he was vanilla as hell. Yeah, and he was very insistent upon it. And uh, he's in paradise with these two chicks. Like, what's the problem? (laughs) Like, you know what makes this way better? God is if I could bang someone that you made out of me. Like what a narcissist, right, bro? He was like, <laughs> you know, this the partner, it's okay, <laughs> right? but like whenever I see my reflection, man, if you could make me something, yeah, that something like, like that. <laughs> you know, like, like here, look at this. <laughs> oh, that's too oh, funny. <laughs> here's, a, here's a here's a lighthearted question to end this up. 
What do you think the curse of Ham truly was? What do you think Ham saw when he walked into uh, to Noah's Ooh. tent in the middle of the night, drunk? I don't know. I've wondered on that many times. It seems, you know, it seems, it seems like it's kind of gay. Whatever it is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not sure what the curse was. Honestly, um, I mean, like, yeah. I don't I don't tend to be believe in like the literal stories as mm-hmm. actually happening, you know, but they're all cartoonified and it's the telephone game passed a long time or whatever. But I do believe there's truth to that. I'm gonna have to like look into that a little closer to figure out what I think that truth might be. I I feel like it's too easy for people to say, like, oh, you know, like, well, that's where black people came from or whatever, like, which is what many schools of thought were originally. Right, where the, like, the the curse of Ham turns or, into the curse of Cain turns into the mark of Cain. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's also a lot of discrepancy yeah. as to like Ham and Cain might have been the same person, depending on the translation. And mm. yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But if right. if you ever do look back into it, this is such a weird little like specific biblical tale, isn't it's it? Pretty, pretty yeah. taboo. One of my favorite takes on this is that. Noah was performing magic or he was conversing directly with God unfiltered. And that's mm. what Ham walked in on. So when it was like Ham saw Noah naked, it's like, oh, they were doing gay stuff. But really, right. <laughs> maybe it was like Ham saw the face of God and he wasn't supposed to. Right. Or Ham right. heard the ineffable name of God that you're not supposed to see. Be I able think, to I hear. Think, yeah. That makes more sense that, that it would be more than just to, you know, saw his private parts or something like that. You know, I don't know. Especially because of um, the stories of like Moses and his experience with God, whenever he came down in front of the people, they all freaked out too, you know, because he was changed or whatever. One plus, dude, everyone was just wearing like togas back then with no right. underwear. There's no you, dude, you were, dude, yeah. everyone saw no one naked at some point. There's right. no way yeah. no one was seeing them naked. Come on. Right. Bro. He like would bend and over like, to pick up like a burning bush and everyone gets. Bumblebee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tuna. <laughs> <laughs> all right dude what a what a great way to end this one we're very very serious here uh so tell people where they can find you again and any projects that you're currently working on any plugs that you want to throw out okay sweet well, you can come over and check out my youtube channel just youtube.com slash jdreamers uh you could come check out my website www.jdreamers.com uh you could you could actually there's a free trial of my website for 24 hours. So you don't have to pay. You could, you could go in some of the stuff's free anyway, but if you want to go and check out all the member stuff, you have 24 hours to go check it all out and play with it and stuff. Um, and my book too, actually, if you go to Amazon right now, my first book, you could read the first like seven pages for free to see if you like it, if you're into it or whatever, you know, check out the con- table contents, first chapter, you know, just give it a, give it a read over or whatever. And that one's called ancient oblivion, the plasma apocalypse. And my next one is, uh, the one I'm working on now. Um, and that's, that one's, uh, this second one in the series. And that one's called ancient oblivion Return to hyperborea. And that'll all be about like, you know, paradise basically, and, uh, getting back and returning to the center of the world and what that'll be like. And, all the connected questions that are related to that. Yeah, and, and if anyone hasn't already seen some of your videos breaking this down, highly recommend it. I love it when you break out like 
let's do this in you know like uh, Photoshop or something. You kind of like draw it out. Oh, yeah. and, like, here's the arrow. I love that kind of stuff, man. It, it really because oh, sometimes just hearing someone say it, you're like, yeah, I guess I know what they're talking about, but it's so abstract. Right. Once you start doing like the finger paints, I'm like, okay, I understand that. Like, I need the emoji to, to understand right. the language. You know what I mean? My older videos, I used to have a whiteboard and I would just draw stuff out. I'm like, I love it, it's, dude. It's like I love this. that kind of stuff. And then I, I realized I could do a whiteboard on the screen, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's honestly, easier. you could just be making stuff up as long as you're like drawing something as yeah. you're doing it. It's like, oh, right. this, guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. <laughs> Look at this person right here. Stick yeah. figure, right? Stick figure, right? You're like, okay, yeah, I totally did draw a stick figure too. Watch what happens when I erase one arm. Boom. The one arm bandit. Oh, dang. <laughs> but yeah, I like visuals to go along with everything that I teach. That's why I put so many on my website. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and going to your website is like going to like a freaking like amusement park, man. Like, <laughs> like stepping into an arcade yes, or something. That's cool. exactly what I wanted, too. That's exactly what I, I do have another thing in the works, too, but it's a secret. It's like, uh, we can I, play that game, too. I got some stuff in the works, too. It's even. <laughs> More secret than your secret stuff, Jay. <laughs> no, bro. You can, I can't even talk about that it is a secret. That's how secret okay. it is. Because then people will become, you know, 007 and they'll be trying to figure it out. Some people actually have figured it out. It's crazy. It blows my mind. But yeah. Pinocchio and Magic sees all, man. Once I get 100,000 subscribers, I'm going to release the secret of this crazy, awesome thing that I've been working on. Is it on. a Kraken? Is that the secret? Nah, no. Okay. You want to? Are you? Are you going to start the apocalypse, Jay? No, no. I feel like that's pretty much uh, already on the way. That's okay. that's that's a done <laughs> deal, bro. That's, yeah, everyone had a chance. No, not no more. We, Al Gore told us, bro, but we didn't want to save the polar bear, and now everything else is going to yep. be taken away. So. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice knowing everybody. Um, I don't know if this will if this will air before the apocalypse. I hope it does. If not, yeah, you, you guys missed a great conversation. So uh, see ya. They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart? Available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.